Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer-Moffitt, CEO of a Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend Dr. Judy Jessica out in Tennessee. Don't let friends feed kibble. How are you this morning? Doing, doing fine, y'all. Y'all. Working on, I'm, I'm working on the y'all. Because y'all should not feed kibble. And don't let your friends feed kibble, y'all. That's right. That's right. You know, a lot of things going on out there with kibble always will be. Um, And if you think, folks, that when big pet food stubs their toe toe, and kill dogs, that they would, you know, stop, that it would affect them. Uh, But Dr. Jacek, it's, it's, they're too big. They're too big. They're not going to stop. Now, our pet parents could stop feeding if they could get their arms around that's not healthy food, right. but they're not going to stop. It's not healthy, even if it's not killing your pet. It doesn't have to kill your pet, but right. not be healthy. I mean, that's incredibly tragic. But yeah, these are huge. I mean, who owns, I don't know, Hills is owned by Colgate. I don't know who yeah. owns Purina, but it's these big, huge corporate companies. It's not Purina's owned by even, there's only like, what, like four or five, like, corporate conglomerates that own all the pet food industry. These are huge corporations. And, you know, even if they, even if they had to pay people for the loss of their pet, I mean, are you kidding me? That'd be like, you know, you missing a cup of coffee, you know, giving up a Starbucks a week or something like that. It, It would be nothing to them to have to compensate people and there'll be no apologies or anything. They'll just move on. They, they just, they just let it blow over. And unfortunately, because people have so much information coming at them, things like this get forgotten. People will go back to buying the same food. They might quit for a while, but then they're like, why didn't I quit buying Priya? I, I, I don't remember. Uh, uh, I wonder what Taylor Swift's doing today. Hmm. You know, Because they bring out these distractions and they get people's mind off, but they don't want people thinking about, and then just go back to buying the food. And it isn't going to impact impact these companies at all but it's absolutely devastating to pet parents that's why you have to move away and it's not just that company it's all the kibble it's all the manufactured foods it's all the synthetics you got to move away from all of it and then you eliminate the risk because dd how many recalls have you had on your food you know um texas well no texas tripe had a big recall back oh i don't know how many years ago um, and you know, all people hear is recall. The, the, the truth of the matter is it was during, and I, I forget what year it was now. Uh, but I remember when it happened and it, it was crazy because there were no sick dogs. There were no sick people. The, the recalls that happen in the raw dog food industry mm-hmm. are because some FDA person walks in your plant and they swab. And if there's any bacteria at all, be it pathogenic, be a good bacteria, it's a pass or fail. So what they don't say um, is, oh, it was not something that was going to cause an issue anyway. But if we make it look bad, you know, then we can disrupt the business model. And You know, one of the things that I was thinking is I was reading in Dr. Brady's book because he lists out how many recalls Heels has had over, I mean, millions, millions, millions of pounds of food. And I started thinking, it kind of came to me at that moment. I thought, well, if you only have kibble companies with recalls, right? Because that's all anybody hears. Now, the kibble companies recalls don't happen voluntarily. They happen because dogs die. Yeah. Animals are dying. But I thought they, you know, I don't know this to be a fact, 
But what if it was just, hey, we need some other, you know, we we look bad. So let's go out and let's hit every raw dog food company out there. Go in, right? It says no bacteria. So we can just go in and cause a voluntary recall. Now, I think what was happening early on is that the raw dog food companies didn't realize it just because the FDA went in there and said, oh, it's a pass fail. We're going to give you the opportunity to do a voluntary recall. They could have pushed back. Mm-hmm. They could have pushed back and won that, right? And not done that. But I think that the laws are so skewed and you've got this big behemoth company, you know, breathing down your back and they scare you and they say all sorts of things. My point is this, that people will say, have you ever had a recall? And I'm saying, well, yeah, of course. Do you think that there's not bacteria in food, period? People could have, if the FDA went into the average person's kitchen and cultured your countertop, there'd be bacteria. There's there's bacteria everywhere. But I think the really important thing there is no pets got sick. So if you know the FDA went in, they found this bacteria, okay, that probably been there for a while. So if that bacteria was getting in the food, we'd see pets getting sick and pets dying. And they not. It's like you said, that's the big difference. The the dry foods get recalled when when pets are already dying. And that's that's tragic. The raw food, they just go in there and literally just pick on them. They're they're just trying to make them look bad because they're in cahoots with the big kibble companies. We are never going to get over this. I think I got a bad batch. Never. Um, Because that is so ingrained in people's minds. You know, you were telling me about, you listened to a podcast where it's like a cult. And, And when you market, these big companies market, they understand how to program the brain. I look at these pharmaceutical companies You know, I was watching something the other day. I think it was like Dance Life, you know, in this hard 75 thing. You know, I've got to read. Um, I'm I'm constantly studying about dog nutrition and that sort of thing. And so I thought, I'm going to take a break. And I'm going to watch this little show on, you know, kids that are trying to be dancers. And it's always interesting to me that a lot of people today think you just become famous by sitting on your katusi. And if you really look at how does one become a dancer on Broadway or a dancer for, you know, Taylor Swift's show? I mean, these the they've done this since they were three. Yeah, it's like, right? a, and it's a full time plus job. It's eight ten hours a day they're working at this. Everything that you're successful at takes a lot of time, right? And um, I don't think so. What was my my point was. What did I start out saying, Dr. J? What, what was my point here? We were talking about mind control. Oh, and yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So um, I know I, you know, I get these thoughts in my head and then they leave. Does this happen to you at this age? No, all the time. All it's the like, time. <laughs> you know, I was like thinking that and I was going this direction and then I went that way and I lost it. But my point is this, is that on these recalls or the bad batch thing, you know, you're... It, it, it's very tough. It's tough for raw dog food companies. And you want to know why people have moved over to this HPP, which is high pressure pasteurization. Um, because you have folks saying, oh, there's bacteria in your food. Yeah, there should be bacteria in your food, right? Without bacteria, we die. I would encourage people to really understand how bacteria works and why you need bacteria. The gut produces vitamin C from bacteria. I'm talking about mm-hmm. dogs now, maybe even in people, but the, 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 you know, it produces that. So what are you going to wipe out all bacteria? Yeah. We have more bacterial DNA <clears throat> in our bodies than we do like our DNA. I mean, there's bacteria everywhere. It, it, you know, you, you need them. It's this important symbiosis so to lump all bacteria together is is really wrong i mean that's the that's the marketing game but you don't want sterile food you don't want to live in a sterile environment 
um, it, it would not be healthy. There's a symbiotic relationship with all these little um, microorganisms. You know, and another thing I, I, I run into this and I ran into a couple of times this last week is when people go out and Google to look for information. So you will find what you're, what you, what you ask for. So what I mean by that is if you go out and say, does raw food contain harmful bacteria? You're going to find that. I had a client contact me about, we do mistletoe injections. One of the things we do and, and her, her dog was on mistletoe as a cancer patient and her dog had had a seizure. And she said, I, I'm concerned that we just increased the dose and I'm concerned that I just poisoned my dog with the mistletoe. And she said, and so I, you know, we scheduled a, a consult and I was talking to her and, and she said, well, I read that, that mistletoe can cause seizures. And I said, really? I said, well, I've been using it for, you know, I don't know, probably five, six years now, never seen that hundreds and hundreds of pets. And I said, where did you get that information? Well, I Googled, does mistletoe cause seizures? So if you oh boy. ask, Google's going to tell you, like, if you're, if you're afraid of something and you go and ask Google that question, you're going to find that yes answer. So you need to be careful what, what you're asking for. If you say, you know, is the bacteria in raw food safe? Well, you might get a different answer than if, I don't know, I want, I want to go out there and say, is the sky orange or something? <laughs> Zach, Zach, Zach Bryan says it is because he has a song about it. Yeah. Okay. There we go. But, you know, people will, depending on what you ask for, because where people get their information is just go online and ask, depending on how you ask the question, that determines the answer. It's not, it's not objective and it's not true. And, you know, I mean, they're spying on us and, there's an agenda for what information is put out there. And I'm pretty sure they're not supporting raw feeding online. I'm talking about the powers that be that are governing the internet. So I think people need to realize that you might not be getting correct information out there on Dr. Google. Well, you know, um, on the HPP, right? So the whole HPP is to eliminate the pathogenic bacteria, E. coli, salmonella, and uh, listeria. Now, those three are the ones that you see the FDA come in and ding a raw dog food company for, right? So you can imagine, Dr. Jasek, you have a plant, okay? And they're rocking and rolling and they're making great food and they're doing, you know, a great job, but they, but they keep getting hit by the FDA, keep getting hit. You have to take your entire line down. Or you have to do so many different things. Eventually, they look at it along with the pet parents screaming, I've got a bad batch, even though I'm adding in a buttload of other things, Okay to which we've never seen a bad batch. I'm just going to tell you right now. What is that? Meat, bones, organ, and fat. Well, so I will say this. What is a bad batch? Well, my dog won't eat it. Okay. Does that mean it's a bad batch? Uh, because we have some pet parents that literally will feed the same thing over and over again for years. Okay. Um, it caused my dog to have diarrhea. Did did it actually, uh, because if we take that and distribute that out to 15 other dogs, we can't duplicate that. We never have been able to do it. Um, so you take that narrative from pet parents and you take the FDA threatening your entire operation, you can see why the HPP line has come on board. Right. Mm -hmm. But now what's happening is even if you've taken out the pathogenic bacteria, the salmonella, the E. coli, the listeria, if a pet parent has an issue with that, now they're going to say, because this is the new narrative, oh, well, the lack of quality has finally caught up with my dog. I actually had that statement. Mm. 
Because it's not complete and balanced? No, because their dog had diarrhea. Yeah. So you can't sometimes win for losing, right? Because it doesn't matter which way you go. The 80-10-10 that has been around, you know, since the beginning of raw feeding, right? 80% meat, 10% bone, 10% organ. How often have have you heard, well, that's not complete? That's not complete. Right. So, so what was their what was their reason for saying it wasn't good quality? Did they say or the lack of quality or however they were? Because it. their dog had diarrhea. Yeah. But they didn't say like in what ways was it like just wasn't good quality food making the dog have diarrhea. Well, they had been feeding it for a year, the exact same thing. And then upon investigation, I find that it's not the only food that they've been feeding, right? So she said, look, we feed a lot of different brands. I cook for my dog. So I, I have no idea, but it doesn't matter because when people get it in their brain, okay, mm-hmm. there's nothing that I am going to be able to say. And I will tell you that for years, I have, you know, gone down the line of defending the raw food diet and said, okay, look, your dog's having this issue. Mark and X, bring on the, on the rolls, bring the food back, and we're going to try to duplicate. We're going to try to see, right? If I have one pet parent saying something over tens of thousands of pounds of food that go out, I mean, let's take this Purina thing, for example, Dr. JC. You had hundreds, hundreds of pet parents saying, all oh, my, you know, my dogs died. My dogs are sick, da, da, da. People will let you know, okay? But my point is this, is that I, I'm in the health business, right? So I'm going to look at it. I'm going to be very serious about what we hear from our pet parents. But what I have seen, and I think you've seen it over the last nine years, people just make stuff up in their head. Mm-hmm. And they decide and, they decide what they think is the truth. And then sometimes you just can't talk them out of it, even if there's no basis for it. Right. So when people say, well, what, you know, why, why did, you know, why is this food, you know, this, this certain manufacturer, Texas Tribe gone HPP, which, you know, Billy Holcomb's is HPP, Steve's Real Raw is HPP. I said, well, because the bad batch narrative that comes from the pet parents, the insane you know narrative from the veterinary industry oh that's going to make your dog sick it's going to make your kids sick and then the fda walking in and dinging a manufacturer that combined is why you see the hpp product right and i would say to everybody if you're if you're going to do hpp um add phytoplankton Add add some whole food things to that because if you are going to kill off the so-called bad bacteria, um, and I would say add digestive enzymes, I think that there's there's movement in that food that that isn't like the pure raw that we have in the PMRs and the HVM in our line. So we have two lines right now. And, um, and that's what it is. I mean, that in a nutshell is what it is, guys. So I, you know, I, the, the, the market adjusts to what people think, Dr. JC, the market always adjusts the grain free thing that we were talking about that we, you know, have been vindicated on finally Mm -hmm. that started because of people. They they were taking grains out of their diet, so they took it out of the dog's diet. Um and then yeah, the whole thing. It's just so And it and it comes down and it comes down to money. I mean the whole grain free thing, well, you know, Hills was losing money because people were moving away from foods with grain because grain free got this, you know, healthier reputation. So people started moving that direction and, you know, heaven forbid, Hills started losing money. So what did they do? They had to come out with a propaganda campaign to say that dogs need grain to have a, to have a healthy heart and it worked. Their profits like went through, went through the roof and it'll take, 
decades, if ever, for that narrative to go away. It isn't going to die. It's amazing how fast this stuff can start and, and spread like wildfire, but then it takes a very long time for it to, to go away because it just gets it just gets ingrained in people's heads. And sadly, it's in the you know veterinarians' heads. And I bet you they're not at the CE meeting saying, oh, we're sorry, we were oh, just kidding, we made a mistake. They're not they're not teaching, they're not teaching the vets that they'll just let it slowly, you know, filter out as it does. And because I still hear that all the time, people are saying that their vets are telling them that, oh, they need their, their pet needs grains to have a, to have a healthy heart. They're still being told that. So that, that narrative isn't going to, I mean, the damage is going to keep, keep going on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. And, you know, we did the new feeder webinar last night and a lot of the questions, Dr. Jasek, are, how do I know? that my dog's getting everything they need. And I would ask this question, how do you know you're getting everything you need? Mm -hmm. I think that people tend to eat the same thing over and over again, right? Um, I do see, because I can look, right? What do people order? The same thing over and over again. Now, not everybody, not everybody. Some people are really good at rotational diets. But if you look on our website in the learning center, guys, there is a bulldog running with a stick in its mouth and it says vitamins and minerals in the raw diet. And it's going to show you where these vitamins and minerals come from. So there is not one person, not AAFCO, not NRC, no nutritionist out there is going to be able to formulate a diet that will have every single thing your dog needs in it because nobody really knows that right but what we do know is how their closest ancestors the australian dingo the wolf how did they eat how did they survive what does a prey animal have in it right what's the calcium phosphorus level of a rabbit or the fat of a, of a venison or the, you know what I'm saying? So what, it, what's the best advice that you would give folks, Dr. JC, if they said, I need to be able to know how to give my dog every single thing they need. What would you say? Well, you, you start with a species appropriate diet, look at their digestive tract. We've talked about that. What are they equipped to eat? They have they have meat shearing teeth. They don't have grass grinding teeth. So their, their digestive tracts are equipped to break down meat. They have a shorter digestive tract. So it's best equipped to digest and assimilate and variety. That, that's, that's the key. If you just feed the same protein, you just feed turkey, you just feed beef. Every protein has what I tell people, every protein has some pros and cons. You know, chicken might be a little more inflammatory. It's a little higher in omega-6. How do you counter that? You, you, without losing some of the nutritional benefits, well, you add in some grass-fed beef and you rotate things around. That's how pets eat in, in the wild. And, you know, the other thing is pets in the wild, they're instinctive. Like they, they know, I mean, sometimes they just have to eat what's available, but they're going to eat more of what their body's telling them they, they need, if they kill a prey and their body's telling them they need more organs, well, they might eat more organs or maybe they need more minerals. So they'll eat more bone. They're more in tune to that intuitive need. It doesn't come from a piece of paper. I mean, this, what, what people are looking for is a piece of paper that says that a diet is complete. And that's all it is. Feed the damn paper to your pet. <laughs> about as good as nutrition as you might be getting from all those synthetics that that it's it's you know it's it that's all based on synthetics. Read the ingredients, it reads like a bunch of chemicals because it is a bunch of chemicals. And you do not know how bioavailable those are. And I think when humans Humans think they're so smart that they can replicate human nature, mother nature, and they can't, they okay. can't, and we don't know. There's so much about eating a natural, you know, being a live animal or an animal that was alive, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's so much about that, that I can guarantee you, we don't know. 
humans are just guessing and they come up with this nice list of nutrients and these chemicals and they call it complete and balanced. And as soon as somebody sees those words, complete and balanced, well, they sleep well at night. Yeah. It, it, it means absolutely nothing. You know, I've heard human nutritionists say, don't eat anything with a label because yeah. anything that's labeled is packaged and there's going to be synthetics and even if it's, you know, I've even heard, so I'm, I'm gluten sensitive. I eat gluten, I get sick. Mm -hmm. And so I've been really, this has been for years. So I'm, you know, I'm, if I buy anything, I make sure it's gluten-free, but I mostly eat fresh food. So I don't have to worry about it. And I eat low carb, so I don't really eat any grains anyway. But I have heard that like something like 20 some percent of products that are labeled gluten-free still have gluten in them because they're processed in plants that also process you know, products with, with gluten. But if you eat things without a label, you're getting real food. So if you eat like that, if you follow those records, how do you know you're getting everything you need? It's the same thing we're talking about with the pets. Yeah. There's no label on it that has this exact list. Of, oh, but they're pushing of, for it. Just, yeah. They're I, pushing I for it. I know. I won't, I won't feed that way. I mean, they're pushing for, you need to list every bit of copper. You yeah. need to list every bit of zinc. How, okay. How would you do that, Dr. Jasek? If labeling laws say you have to list that, you guys have no earthly idea how the labels, the casing is months out. All right. So let's say that you have to test this harvest. Every one of those, every one of those cows, every one of those pigs, every one of those animals are going to be different. Why? Because they're all individuals. Yeah. And so you have to come in with a label that has every bit of copper, zinc, um, all of that naturally occurring in an animal. You can't do it. And I don't think that. People understand that. And yet, Dr. Jasek, they probably wouldn't have any problem with their husband killing a deer or killing it, you know, let's say a carcass and letting their dog just eat the carcass. Now, some people would. But did you have to have a label on that animal that tells you everything that's in it before you allow your dog to eat it? That doesn't even begin to make sense. It makes Zero sense. And yet, this is what we spend our time on. Other groups, right? They're constantly banging on, instead of all of the health initiatives uh, out there being, um, looking at what is really killing our pets, pharmaceuticals, big pet food. Why are we trying to tear up this industry that is relatively small and the one that is most advantageous to our animals it's beyond me what is happening you know and um again you know the whole uh oh you know i just remember when they started attacking the 80 10 10 right it's like oh for pete's sakes give your dog something else then you know um let them eat feces, let them eat veggies, let them eat, you know, because it's all variety. You know, you look in Dr. Billinghurst's book, he's like, okay, how do you replicate feces? Because feces has certain minerals in it. And that's why uh, dogs eat it. Why right. do dogs eat a certain blade of grass? Because it may have a certain level of salt. It may have a certain level of lactobacillus on it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's yet, why dogs eat it when they have a tummy ache. They go out and they, they eat it. Or well, maybe I'll tell you what, some salt. Yeah, go ahead. And I tell you what I look at. I look at my patients and I know, and I've seen them. I see them turn around. I make these recommendations, the, you know, uh, the raw diet, species appropriate diet. I recommend against synthetics. And I talk to people about proper rotation. Now I've seen this done poorly where people will try to, you know, cook for their pet and they don't add in any bone and they don't, 
you know, so it, it can be done wrong to where it is dangerous. And so people have to, I don't, I, I tend to shy away from recommending home prepared foods because I think it's very hard. If you're doing animal products where you're introducing this variety of organs and bone and all that, it's pretty hard to do that at home unless you, you know, are killing a lot of deer or have a, and have a grinder and all that. But I've seen so many patients turn around on these diet recommendations, you know, pets that are sick, pets that have chronic skin issues or gut issues. And I see them turn around. I eliminate supplements. I tell people, stop the supplement, stop what you're doing. Let's just get down, get down to this basic diet. Let's get a new baseline and see where we're at. And sometimes that's all we need to do. And then people want to add some other things in. Sometimes we do, but um, in, in terms of whole food, I always recommend whole food supplements to augment the diet a little bit like mm-hmm. algae or mushrooms or something like that. But I see the pets turn around. I mean, I don't, I don't need any more evidence than that. Cause I'm in it for the pets. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this cause it's easy or fun. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to see pets do better, but it's hard because you feel like, and I'm sure you feel this way too. You're, you're bucking a really big system and a lot of marketing propaganda and it's every day trying to help people see things a different way and it's a lot of work and it's hard and it's frustrating because you got a lot of propaganda you're up against but why do we do it they're the pets we're not doing it because you know we enjoy beating our heads against the wall it's like a good thing i got a lot of hair because <laughs> i'd be gone for <laughs> i'm gonna start wearing well, a helmet <laughs> <I'll just laughs> <doctor in> helmet. <laughs> we should so, do a podcast in helmets Right. So here's another thing that I don't, I don't think um, people make the, the correlation with. So you have a dog who is eating raw. Okay. However, because the dog is limping, um, the pet parent decides that they're going to go to the vet and they're going to put their dog on three different pain medications. Um, amidine, meloxicam, gabapentin. Okay. Now the dog's still limping. Um, and is he real? Is, is the dog really getting any better? Not so much that the pet parent can see. However, they continue giving these pain meds. And they've been on them for a long time. And all of a sudden now, Dr. Jasek, the dog stops eating raw food. And I get a call that says, my dog won't eat the raw food anymore. What do I do? And I think that what parents don't understand is the question is, what's causing the dog to not have an appetite? What's causing the dog to not feel well enough to eat? And I want to ask you, if your dog is on three different pain med medications, long-term, and here's what pet parents say, well, it's never affected them before, mm-hmm. what what would you see in that scenario? Oh, well, I know these drugs could be really irritating to the stomach. And sometimes it does take time for those effects to build up. And dogs just don't just stop eating their food. If they've been eating something all along, they don't just stop eating their food. Dogs love, dogs are crazy ravenous about food. Dogs should just love to eat. They should be gobbling it down in 10 seconds. That's the way dogs should eat. If they just all of a sudden stop eating, there's something else out, outside, not, not food related going on that's bothering the dog, bothering the dog's stomach. And pharmaceuticals are a big part of that. Uh, see that with antibiotics, sometimes dogs that are starting on antibiotics, that'll happen. But these pain meds, absolutely. And especially three of them, because I can guarantee you if they, that person goes to their vet and says, do you know how these drugs are interacting with each other in my dog's body? That vet isn't going to have a clue. They just stack them. And I don't know whether I've seen dogs put on multiple pain meds right from the get go. And I'll ask people, are they helping? And a lot of times they're like, eh, don't know. So 
maybe there there are circumstances where pain meds are appropriate. You know, sometimes, you know, I work with a lot of cancer patients. Sometimes cancer is very painful and I always want to preserve quality of life. So we might want to add in a pain medication, but I'm always really careful. I'm always asking the client, is it helping? Because we don't want to be impacting their bodies with a drug that isn't doing any good and isn't improving quality of life. But I could, I could almost guarantee you that if they stopped, just stop those pain meds for just a few days, just see what happens. I bet that dog would, would start eating again. Plus those drugs have to be metabolized with the liver. How often do people mm. come and say, oh, elevated liver enzymes? Well, when they're on three pain meds, that's no surprise because you're making that liver work. Liver also affects the, the GI tract sometimes. Those two, those two can be linked. If the liver is inflamed and they're feeling crummy, they they may not feel like eating. So I'd almost guarantee that 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 dog is on or, or that those pain meds are causing that. Plus a lot of dogs that have pain, they're on other, you know, joint supplements that are more synthetics and you know, there's a whole lot more. And like I said, there isn't a person out there, even the, you know, pharmaceutical companies, they have no idea how these drugs are interacting with each other. And it's going to be different in every pet. So when pets on multiple drugs, man, I, I'd be taking that dog off of those drugs and then reintroduce them one at a time, see if they're helping. And if they're not helping, well, then, you know, we need to be finding out, you know, why is the, why is the dog limping, you know, what, cause it's like arthritis. They, they should be getting some relief. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's a, a big, uh, undertaking for you and for me, even if I know the folks, right. And I'm thinking because they've said, well, I can't afford joint supplements if the dog is clean. Then I find out, oh, Wait a minute! You're on three different pain meds, and you've that's been. That's why doing... they can't afford. That's why they can't afford the joint supplement, <laughs> right? And I'm like, but you've been on it long term, and I think that, um, as we've seen with any vaccine or pharmaceutical, there are immediate signs that this isn't working for your pup, right? There's death. That's one. Um, that we've seen <laughs> and there's a taxi and there's all these other type of things, but, um, sometimes you don't make that association that, wow, my dog has been on these pharmaceuticals for, you know, ever. And they were doing great. And all of a sudden they weren't because eventually they break down things in the body period mm -hmm. bar yeah, done and, and, bar none. And, the, and the body changes like, you know, at my age, I can't eat and drink things that I could get away with when I was 20. You know, you can run on a couple hours of sleep and go out drinking. And we were talking about coffee earlier, drink coffee all day long. I used to be able to get away with all that. I can't do that now because my body changed, needs a little more, you know, TLC. It's not quite as resilient. Um, and, and I do think the effects do build over time and, and their bodies just become not you know, not, not as resilient. They just can't make up for the fact that you're damaging the stomach lining every time the dog takes these meds. Well, and I, you know, the question becomes, well, what, how do I get my dog to eat? How do I get my dog to eat? What am I going to give them? They don't want the, you know, they don't want to eat the raw right now. I feel for those pet parents. Um, the, the thing that I, and I guess we would have to define, is this dog a cancer patient, right? Is this dog a cancer patient? If the dog is a cancer patient, clearly you're just trying to make them comfortable. Do you feed them something like a kibble that has all the taste enhancers that is actually going to feed the cancer because you've got this, there's nothing that you're going to be able to do for this pet? Where do we draw the line that say, look, if you want your pet to be healthy, you're going to have to figure out a way, whether that's slightly cooking it, adding in some digestive enzymes. What? I mean, I get it. I get it, Dr. Jasek. There's a line there. But how do we help our mm -hmm. pet parents define that line on, I just need them to eat and I just need them to eat, but what I'm going to feed them is not going to be good for them. 
Yeah. I don't ever recommend going back to kibble. But, you know, I always make sure people are warming the food. You know, we recommend that anyway. Some people, I'm, I'm surprised there's a lot of people that feed raw, like right out of the fridge. And so warming it definitely helps. This is where variety comes in because pets do make association between not feeling well and the food that they're eating. Even though the food isn't causing it, like a lot of people will tend to think, the dog's just like, well, I ate that food and I felt crummy that day. So they don't want to eat that food again. So variety, um, that, you know, that can sometimes help or, you know, mix it up, cook them an egg, you know, just give them something that they don't normally eat just to get them excited about eating again, you know, warming the food, maybe, you know, lightly cook a little meat. Sometimes I'll, I don't, you know, recommend feeding, um, cooked bone, but they could get a boneless blend or just get some meat, lightly cook it just to get them like excited about eating again especially this dog that's like been on the pain meds because that dog probably does have an association between the food yeah. and not feeling good got a tummy ache it remembers not feeling good when it eats the food i mean i've done that you eat something and you don't feel good you kind of think it's it's the food so you have to get so you sometimes i think need to give them a little separation from that particular food well maybe that's just a different protein or a a different, a different blend, or um, like if they're not eating tripe, add in some tripe, very different, distinctively yes. different smell. I've had quite a few dogs um, over the years that they don't feel like eating, but people tell me, man, they will eat tripe like crazy. I'm like, well, that's what they need. Let's not give them diarrhea, but you know, and then they like it. So you get them excited about eating and it has such a strong smell that then you can start to mix some other foods in with it because that tripe smell kind of overpowers everything else. And then they they stay excited about it. So you can't just just give up the ghost. You have to try and say, well, I'm just going back to kibble. They will probably eat kibble because they haven't eaten it. It's a matter of introducing something that they haven't been eating. And I see this all the time in cancer patients. Like they'll eat something for a couple of days and, and then stop and then yeah, pet parents will introduce something else. They eat it for a couple of days and they stop. And, you know, we go through the whole thing. Is there anything else that might be irritating the stomach? But sometimes they just feel crummy. So we need lots and lots and lots of variety and lots of options. And we find what does the dog like? And then you kind of, you kind of build on that, but you don't just say, oh, it's the raw food, you know, I'm going back to kibble. I, I won't ever get on board with feeding an unhealthy diet because there is there are a lot of workarounds and and things that we can try to to get the pet interested in food again yeah and that's that's a tough one but um i had someone the other day who was feeding a different raw food actually you know what i think so we get a lot of former farmer dogs, farmer's dog mm. folks over here. A lot of them come over because their dogs have UTIs. So mm. I don't know what's what's actually in that that's causing a lot of UTIs, but we see it over and over and over again. It's crazy. Um, but this particular pet parent was feeding a different raw and the dog was losing weight. And she said, you know, my husband's just about at his wits end. We're just about ready to go back to kibble. And I thought it, it, it it's, it's, that's easily fixed, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. is so easily fixed. If a dog is, is not gaining weight or, um, you know, we just need to look at what does the blend consist of? What should the dog weigh? There's no harm in feeding a dog a little more food and right. a li and and a little higher fat in a food. There's no harm in that. Um, there is harm in feeding kibble. And so I don't That's think right. I think people people need to, you know, seek advice. They they get so frustrated and they give up the 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 ghost, but they're not experienced. They haven't worked with how many hundreds or thousands of pets like we have, and you see these different scenarios and then you try different things and you learn what, what works in this scenario or, you know, what, what are some things that we can try? So I think it's important that you reach out to somebody that has some experience, you know, feeding raw and that, 
can, can give you the advice. It's not raw food. I think sometimes like raw food just gets glumped together. Like it's Mm -hmm. all, it's all good or it's all bad, but it's very different. The brands are different. The, the blends are different. The proteins are different. You know, there's a lot of, um, differences and a lot of variety. And there's a lot of things that, you know, you, you can do to mitigate some of this stuff. Well, and that is good and that's bad, Dr. Jasek, in pet parents' eyes, because they don't want to think about that. <laughs> they don't, you know, they don't want to think about that. That's why I that, you know, what's in this blend, or maybe I just need to switch it, you know, may you know, a lot, a lot of the blends out there that have veggies in it have a lot of veggies in it. And farmers dogs want, right? Mm-hmm. But even in the raw diet, you're going to see some people that are in excess of 20%, right, of veggies. Well, you guys, they need they need animal protein. So our veggie blends are right at 7%, and that's a fruit and a veggie blend, right? So just enough to feed the bugs in the gut, just mm-hmm. enough, a little bit of fiber, nothing crazy. Um, now... There are going to be people that think that their dogs are vegans. Okay, nothing I can do about that. If they're, you know, I I personally, you know, from one standpoint, would like to see what a vegan dog looks like, Dr. JC, after two years of being a vegan. And, mm-hmm. and my question would be, uh, do you have to add any taste enhancers for a dog to actually be vegan? Do, do how does their muscle tone look? I'd like to see the blood work. Uh, I'd like to know what the pH is. Yeah, I've I've seen some. I've I've had some clients that feed it, and they're not they're not thriving. They're surviving. They have, people will say, "Well, my dog's doing fine." They don't have vibrantly healthy coats. I mean, I've had people that have like you know reasonably healthy dogs eating like some form of kibble they put them on raw and they're like oh my god like my dog's coat has never looked so good there's there's always there's room for improvement so you may think you know your dog's doing okay but you don't know what your dog would look like if it was on a meat-based diet and there is a big big difference and they will end up with with deficiencies over time because they're just not meant to eat a plant-based diet and they're mostly kibbles anyway the vegan pet foods. Well, there is a push for that for sure. And, uh, you know, cause they don't want to, you know, consuming, uh, cause I've already seen the articles, dogs and cats, they consume this much, you know, of our meat and this mm-hmm. can is a giant carbon footprint. And, you know, it, that's already starting. Mm-hmm. And, um, it doesn't surprise me because you got, can't have too many cows out there farting and, you know, they're, 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 your dog's carbon, carbon footprint is a little too high. So yeah, got to feed them plants or bugs or something. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a dog guys that has stopped eating, stopped eating the raw, stopped eating is on pharmaceuticals. I would, I would set up an appointment with Dr. Judy Jasek over at ahavet.com because the one thing that you can look at Dr. Jasek is look, these pharmaceuticals, certainly the ones where there's multiple, um, are affecting the dog's desire to eat. And as Dr. Jasek said, there are workarounds. There are workarounds that are far healthier. And the question really is, as you asked in this podcast, are they working? Okay. Are the pain meds working? Are the whatever the meds are, are they working or are they having some major uh, effects on your dog, like them not wanting to eat. And are you about to be put on a prescription diet? That is nothing other than cookies, donuts, cookies, cake, and chemicals, as I call it. Or, and, or an appetite or an appetite stimulant. I've seen that one too. People go back to the vet, my dog's not eating. They don't change the drugs they're on, but they give them an appetite stimulant. So they put them on another drug. Yeah. Like don't go down that road. Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, you, you do need help in doing that. You do need some handholding because I've talked to you pet parents and you're at your wits end and you just want the best for the dog. But now 
it's convoluted. It's very convoluted. So you want to work with a raw feeding vet. This is one of the the problems, Dr. Jasek, that people contact me and they're like, well, my vet said, and I'm like, well, is your vet a raw feeding vet? Because if they're not a raw feeding vet, Dr. Jasek, there is a reason that they don't understand nutrition because there's no way, there's not a nutritionist around, a health nutritionist worth their weight in salt that would say, absolutely, processed foods are better for you than real food. There's not, I mean, and if they do, they need to, you need to, you know, they need to get out of the business. A lot of nutritionists are big on synthetics and um, most, um, aside from Neely, I'd say that uh, probably almost all nutritionist recommended diets that I've seen. So clients come to me and they've been working with a nutritionist. They're very carb heavy. So they're very high and they're starchy grains, potatoes, stuff like that. And they all have a synthetic supplement thrown mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. all across the board. These, uh, this balance it, you know, this company that people can go to, Oh, you can, you know, balance your pet's diet. Well, they're selling a supplement, you know, it, be very wary of companies that are selling you a recipe and selling the supplements that they recommend. They're in, they're not in the nutrition business. They're in the supplement business. And that's what they're trying to do is just get you to buy this supplement. And then you feel a little better at your feeding a fresh food diet. And it's complete because, you know, you're dumping this synthetic multivitamin and mineral into it. Um, You have no, I mean, you talk about recalls and how, how the raw pet food industry is um, is scrutinized and, and people get so you know worried about a little bit of bacteria in the food. Do you know where the every every single one of those ingredients in those supplements are coming from? Most of them are probably coming from China and nothing against China, but th- these things are not regulated. They're right. they're not, I'm not anti-Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not racist, really, really. I'm just anti-chemicals that could arm our pets. And you have no idea what is what is in these, um, what is anything, you know, the melamine, you know, that was a, was a, what was that anyway? What was melamine? That was added as, I think it was like a protein, it was something, did it come from wheat or something? It was like a, it was something that was or as a byproduct of some other product. I want to say it was like a byproduct of wheat production or something like that. And I think it was added as another protein, but it was somehow, somehow contaminated. I'd have to look it up again because I don't remember exactly, but it was, it was a food additive that, you know, made the diet complete and balanced because it was making up for some nutritional deficit, but it was toxic. Yeah, you know, and and there's something going on with Purina, obviously, and some of these other uh, companies that that people have been talking about out there that have been killing dogs. This is in the the big pet food arena. Um, it'd be interesting to find out what we find out, right? What 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 was causing that? Was it another miscalculation on vitamin D? Was it you know? Who knows? I, I, we don't know, but we do know that um, there was something, and is something going on with Purina. Um, now, is it gonna? As we we said, is it is it gonna change that industry? No, it's not gonna change and, it. And, and I would be very wary of the information that comes out because we may never know the truth. Because they're they're going to squash it. If there's something that's going to make them look bad, look worse than the fact that their foods are killing their pets, they're going to going to try to come up with some reason to justify it, just some little mistake, just something that you know they're going to try to minimize it, and they will squash the truth um, and put push a story out that will be less harmful because that's what they do, and they have they have the power to do it, they have the legal funds to do it. Um, so don't believe that what you actually hear was the cause of this is even the real cause. I think we'll probably never know the, the exact truth, even though people are fighting to find the truth. Um, are we ever really going to find it? That's why, you know, as we were talking about, what, where's the best place for us to 
spend our energies? Is it going up up against these giant corporate conglomerates that have, you know, more money and more resources than we could ever dream of having? You know, I'd rather focus on, okay, what's the best way to keep pets healthy? Well, it isn't feeding kibble and Purina is in that camp. So I would have never recommended a diet like that in the first place. So my patients would have never been at risk because I'm recommending a fresh, raw diet without synthetics. If you're not putting additives and all this other stuff in and trying to balance the diet artificially, you're not going to have imbalances as long as you do the proper rotation, add in some of these whole food supplements like the algae, they're not going to be out of balance. You're not putting a bunch of chemicals in, um, all that risk goes away. All yeah. goes away. So I sleep really well at night knowing that I am recommending to my patients the very the diet that I feel is absolutely very best and the the lowest the lowest risks risks. When you start putting all these chemicals in, yeah, you're going to get into trouble because you you can't you can't mimic you know what what Mother Nature already knows how to do. And if you're wondering what chemicals we're talking about, just turn the bag over, go to the pet food store, or when you're at your vet's office, ask to see the ingredient list of the prescription diets. Okay? Ask them. Turn it over right in front of them and say, can you really explain all of these to me and how they affect the pet, how they work synergistically with each other? I don't think you'll get an answer, but at least you will see that you're not going to get an answer. And, um, and then, you know, uh, our, our thing that we do is we just try to educate pet parents. We're going to continue with these seminars. Dr. Jacek has the rabies seminar coming out. Woo. Woo -woo. I've I've been warning, I've been warning people it's going to make their head spin, but, um, but we're going to put the information out there. You do with it as you will, uh, our fabulous pet parents. Right. And I think that knowledge is power. Uh, the more knowledge you have, the more options that are there for you, the more options you have, the less frightened you are, the less frightened you are, the less knee jerk reactions will happen in your life and uh, the less regret. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we all have regrets, no doubt about it, but, um, but we want your pets to be as healthy as possible. Uh, we want to help you kind of navigate this crazy world that's uh, in, in the, in the, well, in the health arena all the way around, Dr. Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I kind of came back to um, why I said I was sitting there watching that dance show. What I was going to say was I only saw pharmaceutical ads. Mm, That's what I was going to say because it just came back to me that as I was sitting there and it was like pharmaceutical ads that I didn't even know people had these problems, right? It, and it was like, okay, uh, Obviously, we know the diabetic thing, but then it was like, do you have psoriasis? Do you have this? Do you have that? And I thought, oh my gosh, it is literally a pill for every single thing that you can imagine. And then you get more pills for the side effects from those pills. It'll help with your condition, but then it'll also cause, I don't know, death, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, strokes, just- heart attacks, you know, just little things. Yeah, so sit, if you're going to watch TV, you're going to watch something, um, count, make it a game, count how many commercials are for pharmaceuticals in that 45 minute or hour long program that you're watching. Because it goes back to what you were saying. This is how we get programmed to uh, believe and trust in those products when the evidence is very clear because they're telling you the side effects. Right there. Know, we're, the, we're, we're one of the only countries in the whole world that allows pharmaceutical advertising on television. Most countries don't even allow it because you're, it's so absurd to me to think you're going to see an ad on TV and then you're going to go and ask your doctor about that drug. And that's what they tell you. Ask your doctor about whatever they're advertising. Yet the doctor should be making recommendations based on what's going on for the patient they're marketing to the patient telling the patient to go in and ask your doctor for this drug it's absurd and it's illegal in most countries in the world except for our country because they're not really interested in our health here i think they're 
much more interested in making us sicker, keeping us sicker, keeping our pets sicker, because that's where the money is. Who who wants a, a healthy population that just eats well and exercises and gets plenty of fresh air and sunshine and it's healthy? They're not going to make the pharmaceutical industry any money doing that. So, you know, they got to keep them on all these drugs. I think I heard that, you know, people in their 60s are on an average of, I don't know, seven or eight pharmaceuticals or something like I mean, I go into like, you know, like the dentist, or I think the last place I went was the eye doctor. Like, you know, any, what medications are you on? None. I'm like, none. <laughs> it makes the intake I, form. I got, gray, I got gray hair and I'm on none. <laughs> it makes the intake form very easy to fill out. But the other thing that, that I've really realized is what it, when you go into the dentist, right? Because of this whole, um, class action lawsuit um, that Keto Diets has brought out $2.6 billion as class action on the whole DCM thing. One thing that that it has brought to light is how the marketing is done, right? And Colgate figured out that if you push certain mouthwashes, toothpaste, everything through the dentist, that the sales are going to go up. Mm -hmm. Why? Because these are the quote unquote experts. So now whenever, and I don't ever... I don't go to the doctor much. Um, I would look at, if I were you, uh, listeners, what are they pushing? What are they selling? Because that's coming through the pharmaceutical industry. Doesn't mean that it's actually good for you. It means that this is the sales channel. And that's the way that we have to look at it, right? And I always say that about going into the vet. They are a sales channel, Mm -hmm. unless you're working with an actual holistic vet who understands this is a carnivore, uh, including your cats, right? And so, yeah, I just think that uh, you want to get Dr. Judy Jasek on your team. That's ahavet.com, ahavet.com. Stay tuned. We, uh, You are finished with the rabies presentation. It is now over to uh, get, uh, you know, prettied up getting, and then getting prettied up it's getting prettied up uh and then we will have that coming up uh so you're gonna want to um you you're gonna want to be in that webinar when we talk about that okay because this is information you need as a pet parent to keep your pets as healthy as possible and it's going to help you you know at the, the purpose of it is to help you at the vet's office you know they hear this all the time people can't get care without a without getting a a rabies shot. So my clients, they don't want to get rabies shots for their pets, but they can't get care without it. This is going to help give you very concrete things to help you push back and also get into the history of rabies. You understand where this, how this whole narrative came to be and that it's probably just all false. So I think you'll find it very interesting. Yeah. Because just one, just one of the points in the, the rabies presentation is this, that vaccinating diseased pets without full medical evaluation is in conflict with the recommendations of the American Veterinary Medical Association. Um, Many state veterinary boards and the vaccine manufacturers themselves, this is in direct uh, conflict with what they recommend. Even, Even the manufacturers of a vaccine say on their label that they should not, that the results or the um, effectiveness of the vaccine cannot be guaranteed if it's given to a pet with underlying any underlying health condition. Even the, the people making the va- that want to make money selling the vaccines are admitting that it should not be given to pets with any medical condition. Yet the vets will just do it blindly. Right, it's, right. It's really bad. It's really wrong. And so um, could that be another class action lawsuit based on malpractice? Hmm, you got to wonder. But um, anyway, so these are the kind of things that you have really dug into and that you want to share with our listeners. So stay tuned. We should have that in the next couple of weeks, I think. Um, so that will be ready. All right, everybody, get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. You got to get your, you got to get these dogs off of any kibble, even if you're mixing it in with the raw. Okay, because are we doing something healthy, but then adding in cookies, cakes, and chemicals. Hmm. 
I think eventually you might have a a donut on your salad. I know. Gosh, that's a new idea. (laughs) Donuts and salad. Have it your way. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And what, Dr. Jasek? Friends, don't let friends feed kibble, y'all. Oh, snap, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 